the privilege to be a part of the body of Christ. For me, it is a true privilege. It's not just a saying, but it's my life. When you've laid down your life, when you've given everything up that you consider to be valuable, but the thing that means the most, you really love it because you gave up everything for it. Question is, <laughs> the question is, what are you willing to give up for what you want the most? That thing just gave me chills. <laughs> I tell you, when um, I'm trying to think, but when the psalmist was singing, because we had a lot going on. And I was just hearing how God was showing how much the enemy is attacking families. He, he attacked the unit, the parts in the unit. It's going to all fall apart. And this attack, we've been allowing the enemy through centuries continue to attack without doing anything about it. And the way that he attacked and the small, minute things that we think is so huge, when you really step back from it, it's all about you being frustrated. It's all about your feelings. It's all about how it makes you feel. Unless someone's getting physically, you know, abused. Emotionally, abuse is, is equally. But when we're born again, it should be something in us that really causes us to be selfless. Enough that I pursue your joy that I pursue your heart being at peace. We're a selfish generation. It's about what you said to me and how you made me feel when you said it. So I need a meeting. I want to talk. I want to help us, Pastor, with why we can't seem, when we come to church, to hear the word that we say is true. And we are, we, we're in here too long hearing the word. I want to come, but it's too long. Right? That's too long. You hear the teaching and you feel uh, offended. Why is it so much correction? I'm sure your children probably saying the same thing about you if you're good parents. 
Why am I, why my mom always asks me where I'm going? Why do you want, why this? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Why he or she always riding on my back? Sound just like children. Why do I have to clean up? Or not? I'm telling you. It's very difficult if you don't discipline your children at a young age. See, this is why we're having so much trouble with adults. No discipline. You don't want to clean up. See, you don't want to clean up your life. You don't want to clean up your life. And so when you're told to clean up, because for years, wherever you were going hearing the word of God, you weren't hearing that you need to clean up your life. So you come to a place that's saying you have to clean up your life, and they're not singing the old church spiritual hymns. And not teaching the feel-good message, but simply the unadulterated word of God. It hurts. Clean up your life. <laughs> Clean up your bedroom. What is it? We got some kids in here. Or oh, adults. <laughs> Kayla, we got you. The mom here, dad here, so did they ask you to clean your your bedroom? Do you say yes right away and go and clean it happily? No, ma'am. Okay. So, so Fredlina Terrence, so y'all doing the right thing. You at least, as parents, you're both teaching her discipline, responsibility. To clean a room, right? Okay. Because if not, as they get older, I'm telling y'all, it's something about <laughs> cleaning, discipline. Because our parents, it instills a great value in them. That's why it's almost impossible when you, now as adults, you come and we say something to you about accountability, discipline. You're offended. You're offended because you haven't had any accountability. And so you end up marrying someone just like yourself. So when you say, well, come on, husband, or come on, wife, go to church. They don't want to come to tell me what to do. You know what? Because you used to, they used to being that way as children. Rebellious. And when the parents continue. See, the rebellious is in the mind. I'm not saying outwardly, they just don't do it. My kids have been known to get hit just for their thoughts because I know what you're thinking. Because if not, you know what? What's brewing in you is murder. 
I don't see y'all playing. You're playing with the kids. See, this is why we're not playing with the adults. It's your life. This is how they grow up and kill their parents. Now you, now you are trying to command them to do something that you haven't been asking them to do most of their lives. God forbid you take a cell phone from them. Right? The one that you are paying for. My question is, why are you as a parent, I'm on the side note before I get into the message, is that why as a parent you refuse to parent? Are you trying to be their friend? Because that doesn't work. You're going to see as they grow up, and the more that you try to help them, because you didn't do it on a consistent basis as a toddler, they're going to raise up against you as loving as they appear to be at this time. Bring the correction. Bring the correction. You hear me? All right. Getting into the message, which that is the message. Minister, yes, sir. I want to start right here. And 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 14. You're whispering. <laughs> That's fine. You can do Amplify. First Corinthians chapter 2 at verse 9. But on the contrary, as the scripture says, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared, made and keeps ready, for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels, and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. For what person perceives, knows, and understands what passes through a man's thoughts, except the man's own spirit within him? Just so no one discerns, comes to know and comprehend the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit, who is from God, given to us, that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. And we are setting these truths forth in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit, 
But the natural, non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are folly, meaningless nonsense to him. And he is incapable of knowing them, of progressively recognizing, understanding, and becoming better acquainted with them, because they are spiritually discerned and estimated and appreciated. Question is, as born-again believers, what is God saying? Rhetorical question, what is God saying? What is God saying at any point when you read the word? Do you really know what God is saying? Do you really know what he's saying? Do you really hear the voice of God? Do you hear in reality as you're hearing my audible voice. In reality, do you hear the voice of God? This is our problem. Is that we really don't hear the voice of God. We read the word. We pray. We even fast, but do you or can you recognize the voice of God in reality? I realize when people come to church and they say, oh, it's too long. I understand if you weren't a believer, but if you're a believer, it should be just like the, the four creatures before the throne. Day and night, they are saying holy, yep. holy, holy, yes. holy, Ho same thing and don't get bored. Holy, 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 holy. See, and even now. You can't hear the voice of God. In reality. Even in the Old Testament, they were hearing, Isaiah was hearing them saying, holy, holy. And even to this moment, as I speak, they are still saying, holy, 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 holy. They don't get tired. They don't get bored. See, this is why we have to have a lot of activities. Fun things. Because the word is not exciting enough. Because it's not in reality. We, we don't experience God in reality. This is what this passage is saying. But as it's written, it speaks about eye, ear, and heart. We are still trying to have a carnal experience with what's supernatural. 
So we read the word, study the word, and we find it difficult, almost impossible to love. To forgive. It's because we have never heard, we have never seen, nor have it entered into my heart. It has not entered into my heart, my subconscious. This is the missing element of your entire struggle and your Christian walk. This is what's holding you back from your natural success and your spiritual success. The spirit world has a language. It says you would have to allow spiritual and spiritual to compare see so when you sit and hear the word again what happens is you hear noise but you don't hear the voice you come here and you you hear correction you hear noise but you don't hear the voice You hear, I'm being beat up. I, I'm, I'm here. Oh, here we go again. But you, because you can't hear the voice of God. My Lord. Our teaching is about, you're going to have to give me your full attention. I'm going to try to condense it because I, I know the humanity part of you and I'm going to act according to that into your spirit. The title of the message is God Consciousness. Cos cosmic Position. I'm trying to give you don't even try to understand where we're going. <laughs> That's here. God consciousness. Cosmic position. That is the super position. Purpose of this teaching is to provoke you to expedite your spiritual functionality. You need to expedite your spiritual functionality. You are malfunctioning spiritually. You are not at the level that God will have you to be. We need to become extremely active in finding out how we function. We don't know how we function. You don't know how you're made, not even naturally nor spiritually. We can get it today. Then we need to learn how to align our subconscious mind to the supernatural environment. 
So we're going to talk about your, your five senses, your natural ones, and your spiritual ones. We're going to talk about your body, your soul, and your spirit. So the environment that needs to cultivate your spirit is the word, the love zone, which is conducive in cultivating your spiritual senses. They need to be exercised. You need to practice using them. So instead, we don't practice using them. We practice using the negative words instead of the word of God. Instead of the word of God. So you never give your spiritual senses the opportunity to develop. See, this is going to result in experiencing in reality the accessibility of perceiving, knowing, understanding, comprehending the word of God in its power to cause faith to grow faith. See, we are blocking ourselves from the accessibility for our faith to grow. Our faith is still at Romans 10, 9, the sinner's prayer. And the reason I say that is because of our behavior. We shouldn't be talking about the elementary things of the kingdom, your marriage, your relationships. If we're doing that, how are we, who are we witnessing to? We're gonna give we're gonna give it the attention that it needs. However, this message here should help you to expedite your spiritual functionality. It's gonna help you grow fast. I believe in that. <laughs> the object or goal is to promote genuine godliness. Genuine godliness. And perceiving in reality, your Genesis moment. What is your Genesis moment? In the beginning, God created man in his image. You need to have a moment-by-moment moment Genesis moment. I don't know what y'all, I just, the word is alive and it's working in me. <laughs> ah, structure and functionality. Body, soul, and spirit. Do it real quick. Body. See, we don't even understand the, the whole structure of humanity. The body embodies. The body embodies. And it gives concrete reality to a thing. Your body is a thing. And it acts out the senses from the mind. It's your alarm system. Something go wrong in your body? See. Something go wrong in your body? Head hurt. Something go wrong? It's an alarm system. You <laughs> Thinking wrong, you're angry? It's an alarm system. <laughs> Invasion. 
You need to really learn your body. It's a long system. Even your body works for you if you allow it to. It keeps you aligned with your design. I just, y'all. It keeps you aligned to how God designed you. So it's your conscious mind. It's the place of awareness. It's the New Testament. Your soul. Your soul is revealed. Your spirit is concealed. It's the Old Testament. Oh, you truly are the temple of God. The mind itself is a state of being by uh, which in categories of our sensation, emotion, volition, your thought. The soul is the mind, in essence. It's a very complex entity that involves your feelings, you perceive, you think, your will, especially your reasoning. It's a whole made up of complicated inter related parts. It's a whole that has a lot of related parts. So my thinking, my reasoning, see, they all relate. And they all work together. So I need to think, look, I think, I reason, I choose. Subconscious, Old Testament. Part of mine that is the superposition. It is the inward part or a secret place. Truly, again, you are the temple of God. This is the holy of holies. This is the inner man. Mm. It's also your true being. Your subconscious. It's a place that's considered to be the place of unawareness. you unaware. You're unaware of the voice of God. Subconscious. This is the, see, and this is the place that where doctors and scientists are still trying to figure it all out. So they call it the subconscious. But it's really the inner man, the spirit of man. It is his being. It's who he is. It's the place where you have a peripheral view or area view of everything, but you're unaware. It's your place of power, love, and sound mind. Your subconscious. When God created you, it was. Body, we talking about the brain and body element. Go through here really quick. You can kind of check out these words a little later. It's actually described as the quantum neurobiology. Okay? Your brain and body. 
is basically understanding how your mind interacts in a physical way. So when you go get a, a um, MRI of your brain, that's a little different than a, uh, what is the other one? No. Nope. No. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to it. It's F, it's FMRI. Yeah, so it's the functionality it's the functionality of the brain activity. So this is a true, you can actually watch it on the screen and you can see the activity of thoughts. So, and you can tell what's healthy and what's not. So you can actually see from actually the dendrites, which are the little branches where, where, where it has the tracks of all of your thoughts. So it's actually like this. Pastor, music is something else. So what happens in the, in the uh, den, dentrex is this, is that in those branches, this is what goes on. So if you have a thought, the thought creates these tracks. Tracks start moving, just like with music making tracks, but the tracks are actually made, so what goes on in our head is physical. So when the tracks are made, they're made from a sound. It's made from a, a, a actual vibration. So, so what happens here is that when you think something in it, it actually was showing on the fMRI is that when you are thinking negative, it is pastor there are, there's a black cloud image right on top of it, and it looks like a black pit. It is so dark and you can you I'm like, oh my God, so I'm actually watching that, and what when it's healthy, obviously you don't see that you see everything moving like it should you see look energy <laughs> it can right, I'm gonna get back on it because I don't have much I have much time so I want you to the whole example is for you to know yourself know how you how you're functioning and there's a real thing when it comes to your thinking. That is a huge, that is the issue. Now, this here is something I want you to know. Mental health is normal. Mental ill health is when you step outside of your normal zone. Mental health is a mind issue. It's how you think. Nothing's wrong with you besides how you think. That's gonna be at another teaching probably uh, with AIM too. Understanding God's design of man. God designed man after a divine pattern of himself and he said, let us make cause to become man in our image. 
He said, let me design or cause to become in my image man and let him have power. First Corinthians 15, 45 says, and so it was written, the first Adam was made a living soul and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Quickening spirit, you're, you're able to discern, to see what you are unaware of. Align your thinking and feeling and choosing with your design. How you think, how you feel, choose it with your design. How you think, how you think and feel. and needs to be aligned with how you were designed. You are designed in God's image. You were designed in love. So when you're not in the love zone, you're in fear. He said, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Now your mind is not sound because I'm not in the love zone. I'm not operating how I was designed. Okay, let's talk about the brain. The brain is designed to be consumed by energy. It consumes energy and is consumed by energy. Then that energy makes the brain works and in turn make the body works. This love nature in the brain is the essence of quantum physics wave. So these quantum physics waves should be healthy thoughts. We're going to have to break this all down another day, uh, go in more detail. Breathing is referred to the word. It is the word of life. Breathing. His word was breathe. So when you, this is why you, when you don't read the word of God, the life of God is not shown in you anymore. Okay. Well. Real thing. This energy empowers us to think, feel, and choose correctly. We are to regulate our thinking. You are to govern your thinking. You are to police your thinking. You are to check your thinking. You're letting your thinking just run rapid. You're, you're not regulating your thinking. You're not guarding your thinking. You're not checking. We need to control, adjust, Manage our thinking. We ought to synchronize our thinking with the word of God. When you think, you feel, then you choose. And whatever you choose creates structures in your brain and will determine your next action. So what you think and you feel and you choose 
that will structure something in your brain, a pattern, and that will determine your action. So you can't do anything outside of how you think. Mm. I find it hard to love this person. I've been trying to do this and that. No. Okay. You're not governing your thinking. You're not managing your thinking. You're not checking your thinking. You're not regulating your thinking. Because what you do the most will create your next reality. What you say the most will create your next reality. Look, the thoughts that you're having will create your next reality. Yes, 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 yes. You have to start practicing self-reflection as many times as 63 days to make it a habit. Self-reflection is this. You have a, I'm thinking then I'm feeling, you think, then you feel. Then I choose based on how I feel. But you have to check your feeling. If I check my thought, I won't even get to the feeling. See, but it happens so fast for some of us, we're at the place that now I'm going to make the choice. But you have no choice because their feeling is going to drive you. This energy that comes from God comes in the form of 2 Timothy 1 and 7. But God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but a power, love, and discipline. That's the sound mind. He's given us discipline, self-control. Did, you know did you know that the fruits of the Spirit? I'm going to leave you. I'm going to let you ponder on this. Are they God's or are they yours? See, this is why you said it's so hard for you to operate in it. He's the vine, you're the branches. So, where does the fruit, where you pull it from? The branch? He deposit, he imparted himself when he created you, but you are the one that produce the fruit. You're waiting on to God to give it to you. Help me to love. Help me to love. Help me to do this. Help me to be long-suffering. He said, you're the branch. You have to make it happen. Because I put it in you. It was in my divine design of you. Genesis moment. It's from God. Talk about the timidity. Timidity is weakness. But this weakness is not about your, your human strength. It's a lack of confidence 
of your moral strength. It's a lack of mental resolve. That means a determine a having a strong determination to do. Resolve. He said, You're weak in your and having a strong determination. You're weak. In, oh. Strengthen your resolve so you can actually do, so you can actually love, so you can actually endure, so you can actually have a healthy mind, healthy body. He said, strengthen your morality. Stabilize your emotion, your perception, your readiness to change. Detachment from things that are harmful to you. Strengthen yourself under stress. He said, prepare for the challenge. Focus and have the right attitude towards setbacks. Oh, y'all ain't good. This is how you strengthen your resolve. Stabilize your emotion. Your Perspective, how you see things. And the readiness to change. Be ready to change. Detachment. Detach yourself from the world. Give your understanding about the world. The world is not the world as we have understood it. The world is just having conversations or involvement of things that does not enrich the relationship of the other person. And we're talking about Enrich, we're saying that pertains to the kingdom of God. So there are superficial conversations he's speaking about. He said, avoid those conversations and those people. Why does he say that? Because Exactly. It's not profitable. But that's my friend. But he or she is holding you back. And guess what? And you all can go together. Don't nobody have to be held back. Oh. Blind leading the blind. We're talking about strong, your strength under stress. Preparation for challenges. We don't prepare ourselves for challenges. You know certain things in your relationship and your marriage was going to come. Some of us was married before. I mean, okay. <laughs> he said, prepare for these challenges. He said, prepare and don't think it's strange. Why are you so shocked about what's going on? You didn't prepare. <laughs> Focus. Have the right attitude towards setback. Not if it's not. See, but normally what we say, no, if it's not one thing, it's another. And then I try to do this, and that's not working. And I've been working on this, but this still wrong. He or she this, but he said, uh, it's no. He said, have the right attitude about the setback. This power, he talks about that he's left us, is the ability 
to have power. When he speaks about, I've given you love, power, and a sound mind, he says, I've given you the ability to have power. Because the enemy, when he comes and tests you in all these different ways and tempt you, you feel powerless. But the word of God says, I've given you the ability to have power. You haven't seen. He's reminding you, you have power over this. But you feel as though you don't. Not only do you have power, but you have achieving power. Ability to carry out the function that you desire. And then not only that, but with aggressive energy in the face of difficulties. Aggressive energy, which overcomes the weakness or cowardness and enables one to work, to endure, to suffer, to die if need be. This love is a self-forgetting love. A self Forgetting, forgetting self like God did when he went to the cross. Third quality is discipline. Discipline is the balanced mind. That is the soundness of mind. It is the act of making sober. It is self-control, self-discipline. The exercise of a sane mind. Mind, brain, spirit connect. Intense mental efforts. See, when they work together, it's an intense mental effort that reorganize and change your brain pattern. So when your mind and your brain and your spirit connects the way that it should function, it actually changes and reorganize your brain pattern. It's an intentional conscious. And these powerful thoughts change your brain. Because you're intentional about change. It's one thing that I want to change, but it's another thing to be intentional about your mindset and which way it's going. Our mind reproduces through our thinking, feeling, and choosing. It puts your soul in action, but when you do it right, it renews your mind. Six, six times a minute, we are to recall what God has told us to do. We actually can do this. When it says to pray and meditate on the word, right, daily, We actually, it's a scientific fact that every 10 seconds, we actually connect to God automatically. It's not even intentional. It's by default. He designed you that way. Oh, yes, Lord God. Don't even. 
Oh, Jesus. Oh. It takes deliberate, intentional, disciplined life to focus on God. I'm going to get us to the I bring only, understand, 8 through 10% of anything. That means that that's the use of it. That's how much we use our brain, only 8 to 10%. First, it's been a long time saying 10%. Now it's less. Get this. You know, a lot of times we say we want to change, we want to do better, better marriage, better relationship, better job, just better, right? Within five years, people overall change has been 5%. Meaning that we really don't change it. It really means that we don't want to change. Here's some thought uh, stats here. Think, feel, choose. 40 times a second, we're on our conscious level. 40 times within a second, we're on our conscious level. We're on our awareness level. 400 billion operations per second on a non-conscious level and are aware of this every 10 seconds. We're prompt to do it every 10 seconds. There's 400 billion operations going on in your head and your subconscious but you're not aware of it. But we are prompt every 10 seconds, which means every 10 seconds, I'm gonna give you an example. Haven't you said, man, I just had a thought, I don't know where that thought come from, that's not even me, I wouldn't even think nothing like that. You had a thought that just came from nowhere. That thought just came from, oh my God. <laughs> me, myself, <laughs> and it. And it just doesn't have anything to do with what you're doing, right? And you're saying, where did that thought come from? A lot of times we say, you know, it's the enemy, your subconscious. God is so good that he prompts your subconscious to send up signals so you can check it. You got to check it. See, these thoughts, it. these thoughts come up, and it has nothing to do probably with anything or anyone, but you know that this thought isn't bizarre. Or just, oh, I'm just not walking in love. It's just not a love thing I just heard. But what he does is, I mean, it's innate in you and your sub-level consciousness and your cosmic. Oh. All right. It prompts you. We need to learn to respond to the prompt. See, wrong thinking, continued wrong thinking, leads to mental health illness. And it takes the place of illusion. See, and it puts you under fear. And then you begin to think that the most. You're paranoid. What you think is really isn't. But that, that happens because you don't check 
your thought from your subconscious. And Holy Spirit, he, he, he actually has imparted that in you to prompt you to check it. And if not, this is how you have illusions. Because what brings the illusion is fear. Okay? What realities are you building? What are you building? Because we have 400 neuron responses that work either for us or against us. 400 of them. 1,400 of them. Healthy mental thoughts. When people focus on the incoming and the upcoming thoughts, see, the incoming and the upcoming, conscious and subconscious, these are those thoughts. We need to be mindful of what's going on in our head. <laughs> Can't just live passively. Okay, yeah, we yeah, I'm oh I'm beyond my time. I'm going to end this. I believe I believe time. Um uh, uh, when we focus on our incoming and upcoming thoughts mixed with prayer, which we allow Holy Spirit to take them, and then they fire off in our brain to the highest possible intellectual level. See, you have to know. That now I'm operating in the third dimension of wisdom. Eternity. See, see, you think you're operating in eternity and you're not. Because you're not dealing with your subconscious. You're dealing with your conscious, your awareness. You're not dealing with your unawareness. Man, this is a book. I'm going to do it, y'all. I got to do this. I got to do it. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'll skip that. Okay. Discern the voice of God. Uh, okay, maybe skip that too. <laughs> okay, hold on. All right, John 12, verse 29, 30. Therefore, the crowd that was standing there and heard it was saying that it had thunder. Others were saying an angel had spoken to him. Yeshua responded, this voice hasn't come for my sake, but for yours. Just like now, everyone's hearing the word. Some were here. I've been already doing this. I don't have anything new. Some may say, um, Something is, is wrong with me. And I don't know how to get it right. Some may say, I'm really learning how, to, how I'm functioning. I'm really learning how God designed me. I'm really learning the human part of thoughts and how they work in the reality of thoughts. I, really, I realize that I need to know more of this to actually live successful, and have a sane mind, and perceive in reality the word of God. But these people didn't, they heard noise. They didn't hear the voice of God. 
So how do we follow the inner voice of God? There's a small, still voice. It's a small, it's inside, his voice is inside of you. It's normally through a nudge, feel like a nudging. It comes also in a suddenly. Then it speaks directly in your spirit, a word of knowledge. Like when I, I could use all three of these. You should be able to use all three of these and really there was a nudging. There was a nudging about when uh, for to move into this building. And when there's a nudging, you must do it immediately. I, don't try to figure it out, try to reason. You have to immediately just move. This is how we got this building was that there was a nudging. We need to leave from where we are and go where God has told us to go. Um, there was a suddenly. The suddenly was when it came to when Pastor and I got married, um, I was sitting at work and suddenly voice of God came to me and said, go get your, pick out your wedding ring. And I'm like, well, okay, well, this is you. What mall? Uh, and see, look, I didn't like, and I had just gotten to work. It was, it was eight o'clock. What am I leaving? I said, then the mall open to nine. I just came to you, God, you know, look, you know everything. These are not even the hours of operation. So it was just crazy to listen to all what he said. Then I said, well, okay, well, if it's you, then what store? Yeah, I read it for that was kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when I said, what store? Because I had walked all around and I'm like, well, which one? And he said, turn around, look behind you. I looked very slowly. I looked and it was 80% off of Jerry. Only today. 80%. I only paid 20% for the ring. Then that just started a whole thing that I said, Holy Spirit, I said, Ben, you are talking loud and clear. I'm just hearing you real good these days. I said, so um, what else do I have to do? And so with my, our entire wedding, we didn't pay for anything. I said, so because I asked, I said, well, Ben, I'm getting a discount. I want a discount on this and discount on that. And my, my dress was half price, and I didn't pay for it. The venue, I didn't pay for it. The food, I didn't pay for it. The cake, I didn't pay for it. See, but see, the he okay, y'all not ready. See, it's not more money on the job. I, see, I need favor with, with God and man. Yeah, he, he did. It was all good. Many may know how to pray, but few know how to hear. To hear from God, first of all, you must be baptized in his spirit. To be able to identify his voice. Try the spirit, bind the spirit. Know the word. Hearing. Perceive, comprehend, understand. Talks about the, out, about the eyes. We are at our end. Training our spiritual senses. I'm going through here quick. Um, but solid food is for the mature. Mature is a discipline. Who through practice have their senses trained to discern both good and evil. So we have here in Hebrew 5, 11 through 14, minister. I think I end here. Amplify is great. 
Hebrews chapter 5 at verse 11. Concerning this, we have much to say, which is hard to explain, since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing, and sluggish, even slothful, in achieving spiritual insight. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk, not solid food. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will, in purpose, thought, and action. For he is a mere infant, not able to talk yet. But solid food is for the full-grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. So what is this solid food? I'm going to have to, at some other point, really teach on this because I, I want to relieve you all. I don't. I need to just bring it to an end because it is a lot. And I want you to leave with definitely, if nothing else, is how you should be functioning. Uh, so First um, John 2, 27 says, As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you about how you should be functioning. So when you hear that, when you've heard that scripture, it comes with, oh, I don't need a teacher. Again, because you can't proceed and under or understand the word of God, is that you, your understanding or opinion or belief is that I can teach myself. You can't teach yourself because here it's saying, first of all, you need to know how you function. You don't even know you. As for you, the anointing you receive from him, God, remains in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you about how you should be functioning. This is what we're missing, Pastor, how we should be functioning. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and it is true and not a lie, and just as it has taught you, abide in him. His spirit teaches you how you should be functioning. How you should process the word of God. How you should hear the word of God. How you should stir up the gifts that's inside of you. I can't teach you how to function because I didn't design you. But I can teach you 
the direction and how to assess and take possession of the reality of your new birth. I'm leading you to the place that will allow you to see and to hear and to have the heart to grow what God has given you. See, it has to grow. But you have to identify, I can hear. He said, those that has an ear to hear. But he's talking about your spirit. Your spirit has an ear. Your spirit has an eye. An eye means it has an understanding. He said, I've already, I created you and designed you with the will to understand me and to know me and to comprehend my word. I designed you to function, to know how to respond to my word. No one can teach you how you should function. Oh, see. He said this is going to be spirit to spirit, one on one. Oh, my God. I'm ending this right here. Oh, God. Oh. It's something else. Mm. Let me find it. Holy Spirit. does this with your spirit, if you allow him. Is that your spirit is supposed to feast on God's redemptive purpose. See, this is why it's not a reality. He became sin and died for us. And your entire life of salvation is locked up in the revelation of that work that he did, the finished work, until you learn how to devour and feast on his finished work, you can never see in reality the word of God. Because the word of God is in his finished work. It's supernatural. And your life is supernatural. Your, your spirit, hear me, have, someone come get this behind me, has to feast on God's redemptive work that he died, that he rose, he was crucified, and he's now sitting on the right-hand side of the Father. You have to grasp hold of that spiritually, not mentally. It has to be in a way so much so that you cannot be separated from that thought. That I am forever reminded of my redemption. See, if I'm forever reminded of my redemption, I wouldn't treat you badly. If I'm forever reminded of my redemption, that you would save me for what I did. And what I'm, and for some of those who would never come to him, I have to be reminded, Cindy, that it's not okay to forsake ourselves to come to the gathering. My redemption is my is my reality 
of my stewardship. That I cannot, nothing that I own, I own. My tithes and my offering, my servitude, my time. My redemption remind me of what's God. And the life that was laid down, my redemption keep me in the safe place. It keeps me in a balanced mind. It keeps me in my power. It keeps me steadfast in my peace. We're talking about the substitute. That he became that for us. So that you could see. Apostle Paul said, may the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. He said, may your spirit be filled with the light. Flood with the light of God, the word of God. Because you were designed to see and understand in reality the word of God. He's not a concept. Until God becomes as real as a person sitting beside you, you don't know him. We're talking about God consciousness. We're, we're talking about the superposition that you can that you stand from and you can see everything. You're supposed to be seeing free to the things before they come upon your life. It's not a surprise. Because this is what God said. When you pray, I've already answered. See, because I've I already answered because I already see. There should be things that we already see in our lives. And you've already prayed. I've already prepared for this challenge. You all can stand on your feet. This is time I'm closing it up.